This episode of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast is brought to you by LightStock.com. Hey, Fletch and Kendra. This is John Wilkerson from The Wired Homeschool over at TheWiredHomeschool.com. And I was just wondering if you would address the topic of preparing our kids to go into the world, especially our high school students. You know, my son had a bit of a culture shock when he got his first part-time job. And I often see a lot of parents of Christian homeschoolers who just, I don't think their kids are prepared to go into a world where people cuss and make jokes about sex and things like that. That's exactly what we're doing tonight on Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast. Thanks to John Wilkerson for sending in that great suggestion. We're talking to homeschool graduates tonight. Kendra, are you ready to get this party started? Well, that's what we did in college, right? So that's what we should do tonight. Party! Stay tuned. Toga! Homeschooling in Real Life. From the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast. I'm Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. All right, Kendra, you done partying over there? Maybe. All right, we need to get serious. Let's put our togas down and get ready for a good episode. We are talking about homeschool graduates, and we are going to talk about what it takes for homeschool families to get your kids ready to graduate. And um, also that whole thing about preparedness for life. So we have four homeschool graduates on this episode. We're going to talk about how well they feel like they were prepared for life. Hurlers, grab your husband, grab your wife, gather around the podcast. We have a great episode tonight. thrilled to let you know that our friends and partners, Lightstock.com, are giving away 10 free credits to everyone who signs up using the link that you'll find in our show notes. If you haven't already heard about Lightstock, they're the ones who are putting an end to all that cheesy Christian stock photography. Hey, Kenj, you and I use stock photography in our blogs and even in our podcast episodes. We do, Fletch. We use Lightstock.com for our episode graphics. If you use stock photography in your designs or in your blog posts, then Lightstock is something you should definitely check out. Go to our show notes, grab the code, get some free credits. Lightstock.com. All right, so we are back in the studio. This is Fletch. And this is Kendra. And you are listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, episode number 18. Homeschool grads tell all. Wow, this is a fun one. This this is a uh, podcast that's come from request. I think you heard the beginning. John Wilkerson had asked us to talk on this subject. The funny thing is we were prepared to talk about this already. Yeah, but, you know, um, I think this is one of those topics that not a lot of people are touching on, and um, our listeners want us to talk about this stuff. You know, this is a great topic because a lot of people are getting their kids to graduation, Mm -hmm. and like we saw in that episode we did a few weeks back with the young man, Matt, that we interviewed, a lot of homeschoolers jumping ship. Yeah. And I'm not flippantly saying a lot. I'm not just throwing that term out there. Yeah. We're, we're seeing a lot of people that these kids don't know what to do with li- their lives. Right. They're they're not going on to college. They're 
going out into the workforce, and we see a lot of homeschool kids floundering. And you know what bums me out is the uh, homeschool elite that will then point a finger at the parents and say, well, you didn't do your job, and you didn't prep them for whatever, to become bakers and, you know. (laughs) Bakers? Well, you know, it's like that that whole segment of homeschooling that – you know, you're preparing your daughters to get married at age oh, 14 yeah, and you're yeah. preparing them to be yeah. uh, stay-at-home bakers. And I'm, I'm exaggerating and I'm, I am poking a stick because that's what I do. Yeah. On this podcast, I'm the stick poker. But it's that homeschool elite that says, oh, well, sure, there's people jumping ship. That's because the parents didn't do their job well. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about parents who have their heart into this, who love their kids. Yeah. And when their kids, like John was saying in his uh, request – you know, his son got to work when he was done homeschooling. Yeah. And he wasn't prepared for what he heard and saw. Right. And and what are some of those things that kids are seeing, Kenj? Well, I know from our own experience, our sons uh, were, I mean, that's aside from like all the sexual innuendo that's all over the place with young adults and, um, you know, cussing all over the place with young adults and just some of that subject matter that is, is ban- bantered about between them all. There's also this thing that, you know, we, you and I, we like each other. We're, we're parents who love each other. Our home is a pretty peaceful place. You know, it's loud and noisy and crazy, but our kids were not raised in a tumultuous relationship or home. And my goodness, I don't even know what the percentage is anymore. What, what are we saying? The percentage of kids who come from divorced homes is 50, yeah. 50%, you know? And I think that was one of the things that our son's were really taken aback by, like just the bleeding hearts around them. You know, the kids who were, who had had so much life experience, too much life experience at 18, 19, 20 years old. And our kids were, were just flabbergasted at the lives of, of some of their coworkers and the, you know, some of the first jobs they had or whatever. These kids were just, you know, abandoned to the world by parents who were hurting themselves. Let's not miss some of the other obvious things. I mean, our our oldest son went into the workforce, and like John's son, he was overwhelmed by the amount of swearing that was just in the general workforce. Oh my gosh, my mama bear came out with that first job he had at seventeen because he had a coworker in that in that job who was constantly making um, sexual remarks to him. You know, like he would say, oh, you see that woman, you want a piece of her, don't you? To my 17-year-old son. And and Hayden would come home and like tell me that this guy was just constantly doing that to him. And man, I wanted to walk down there and just smack that guy for him, you know, knowing I couldn't, knowing that would <laughs> that would be the worst thing I could do. But, um, but yeah, it's that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. 17-year-old comes out of a homeschool situation where he has a dad and brothers who don't look at women that way and immediately is, you know, put into the situation where, ugh, just such a yuck, you know, derogatory toward women, sexual innuendo, the worst of the worst. And let's not forget about social preparedness, uh, the ability to just go into social situations, carry on a conversation. Right. You know, a lot of homeschool kids um, are prepared for speaking throughout the age generations, but they're getting into situations where people around them don't know how to deal with conflict or they don't know yeah. how to deal with conflict right? because they've been in this secluded bubble mm-hmm. and they get into a situation where they need to quit a job, they need to um, walk away from a class and they we just see that some students haven't been prepared for how to handle the social interactions. Right. So indeed, there must be a question of socialization. 
<laughs> yeah, and I know that's Tricky. the first one we like to say, oh, our kids are socialized. But, yeah. you know, we, we're seeing that. And I think we'll hear that in some of the interviews later. Um, we, we've had some kids have gone into situations and they, they haven't learned a work ethic yet. Yeah. A workplace work ethic. Now, I think, you know, we pride ourselves that, hey, we've prepared our kids for everything. Yeah. But we've seen kids who can't keep a job. Or, uh, you know, shout out to one of our listeners who I won't name because it's a child of hers involved, but who just sat with me a month ago and told me about her son, who's a freshman in college, who is, kid's about to drop out. What happened? You know, he was a good, solid student at home, but is not handling his freshman year well. And to be fair, you know, plenty of public school kids go to college and say, this isn't for me, or they they need to drop out, or they do terribly. But- is there is there not an advantage then to having been homeschooled with some of those things? Well, and I guess what it. we're talking, I'm what I'm pointing at here is the the two things that I mentioned in a blog post earlier this week: pride and fear. Okay, you know, homeschool parents have a lot of pride that they're doing it great with their kids. Yeah, but it's that knee jerk that we've talked about in other episodes of we've got to defend ourselves. So I think that pride comes right along with that. Yeah, and then the the backside of that is the fear. Like, yeah. oh, my kids didn't turn out as great as I thought. <laughs> they can't keep the job. They they don't know what to do with life. They're flat. Mm. They're still living at home. But what's the fear? Is well, it fear that of I what failed, people think of you me? No, you, you failed according to the standards that are falsely put out there. Oh, got it. That your kid needs, you know, I think for a long time we were in a situation uh, where, you know, the, the church we were in, the people we were spending time with, those and we'll we'll pick on boys first, okay? Those boys, you were being targeted to uh, graduate college early, to get money in the bank, to start putting a down payment on a house, and to prep for having one of these young homeschooled girls become your bride. No, you were building the house with your own bare hands. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean you're joking, but seriously, they were talking I'm about not joking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, talking about that, but I mean. I, I don't know where you're listening to this podcast from tonight, but we were broadcasting out of sunny California. And the idea that a 20-year-old kid's <laughs> going to have the money to buy a house, yeah, we've seen it happen. Yeah. And boy, those kids are put up on a pedestal mm-hmm. for everybody to reach. Oh, right. if they could only be like my son, look what my son did, look what we did in our homeschool. That's where the pride comes from. Sure. The fear comes from when that doesn't happen mm-hmm. or, or God forbid you have an unmotivated kid <laughs> who hits... Uh, 17 years old and doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. We have one of those right now. Or you have on the other side, let's, you know, turnabout's fair play. Let's talk about the girls. You know, these girls are being raised for what? Becoming great brides. Homeschoolers. But what happens when your daughter is the one that wants to solve the problem with cancer in the world? Well, and not just that. What happens when your daughter is this sweet young woman I talked to this week who's coming up on her 29th birthday and there's no man in sight? But that's what she was prepared for. Yeah, but then, well, again, we're talking to the parents here on this episode, and you have these parents that are fearful that that's going to be their kid. And that's just a bunch of baloney. Yeah. I mean, I, I just want to, you know, we what we want to communicate tonight, that's not failure. No. You know, get this idea of the perfect plan out of your head, mm-hmm. and and let's start realizing we're raising individuals. Yeah. And that means that salvation is going to come individually to each one of these kids in God's timing, right? not according to your timing. Right. I mean, that's great. If your kid at four loves Jesus and loves them all the way up until the day they stop breathing on this earth. But there's the possibility, uh, and just look at your own family. I mean, look at yourself maybe. Maybe you came to faith 
later in life. You're not failing as a parent just because your kids aren't succeeding. Right. You know, Ken, John said one more thing on that audio request that he sent, and let me play it right now, and then we can respond to that as well. For example, some of the resources that I recommend on my website, they're not 100%, you know, they're not from Christians. The people may have different worldviews. They may gasp, uh, believe in evolution. Uh, they may cuss in the video or in the blog post that I recommend. And occasionally I get responses like, oh, I can't recommend that to my homeschooling friends because uh, it's not clean enough. You know, it's inappropriate. They would think it's inappropriate. So I would love to hear you folks discuss that, how we prepare our kids to go into a world where, like I said, people cuss and joke about sex. And they're going to get exposed to this as soon as they get their first part-time job. If they're working at McDonald's flipping burgers or if they're working at the grocery store cashiering, whatever it may be, they're going to be exposed to this. And when we live in this Christian bubble, our kids, they're ignorant and they're naive when it comes to what the real world is like. Love what you're doing with the podcast, and I hope that you keep up the great work. Thanks. Bye. Okay, Ken. So John puts it on the table for us, and he wants us to discuss it. There are some homeschooling families that are not willing to expose their kids to certain things because it's not sanitized. Are we talking about four-year-olds, or are we talking about... No, you know, I, I know John's heart here. I talked to him about this podcast. Yeah, no, I and, know. And he's talking about getting a, a college-age kid right. ready to go into the college environment or the workforce. Right, right. And, you know, he's recommending things on his podcast, which, you know, I'll give a shout-out to Don Govern. Check out the wiredhomeschool.com. He, he does a great job over there talking about technology and bringing it into the homeschool environment. What he's saying on there is he doesn't want to expose he doesn't want to share some things on his website because some families are too afraid to expose their kids to language or inappropriate yeah, and, scenes. But, but what I'm saying to you is these aren't we're not talking about a ten year old or a five year old. We're talking about eighteen, nineteen, sixteen for that yeah, matter. And, and John is saying if let's not get it wrong, he's saying we're not gonna give them an appetite for this. We're not gonna satiate them with inappropriate content. But by all means, they better be prepared to handle it. And let me share a funny story. Um, you know, I need to pull the veil back a little bit here on homeschooling in real life and just kind of give you a, a snapshot of who we are. Back in the uh, early 90s, that's when we met, right? Late 80s, early 90s? Yep. And uh, I was this uh, you know, fraternity guy that drove an old <laughs> beat-up uh, Mustang, and I fell in love with this beautiful young woman at the University of the Pacific in the Central Valley of California. Oh, what was her name? Oh, yeah. She broke up with me, and then I met you. <laughs> right. No, uh, you know, I fell in love with Kendra, and I remember the first time I met her parents. Now, they were very different than my parents. Uh, Kendra was raised going to the golf club every Sunday. Her dad belonged to private clubs on the coast of California, some very nice clubs. And I can remember the very first time. Oh, so, and I'm a pre dental student. So at the time, I'm sure her dad you was. You were poor. Yeah. But he was probably excited. Oh, yeah. That this young man that was dating his daughter oh, yeah. was pre dental. Because that yeah. obviously meant I would play golf. <laughs> he didn't realize that the, my love at the time was like juggling and <laughs> tie dyeing <tie-dying> t shirts. <laughs> is not exactly what he was expecting. Like, my high point was you know, to buy a VW bus. That was my goal. And drive it to the taco truck. So, so, uh, so I, I went and played golf with my soon to be father-in-law 
or maybe, I don't know, maybe it was my father-in-law at the time, but I remember we went to like a very exclusive golf club <laughs> with several of his friends. And I can remember getting in this golf club and these were the dirtiest mouth guys that not, not her uh, father, yeah. Yeah, not yeah. her father, but these men that we played with were just the dirtiest mouth men and they were attorneys mm-hmm. and they were oh, yeah. uh, medical and you know, they're all professionals. Right. And I was sitting there thinking, I'm the one in the fraternity. You know, this, <laughs> these guys were crazy. But and, and that's kind of what we're saying is in the real world. Yeah, this is homeschooling in real life. In real life, you're you're gonna stumble across coarse language. You're gonna stumble across like John was saying, sexual innuendo. Right. Um, oh, and let me tell you a story about my dad. In that same regard, I can remember being in high school, public high school, and I cussed. And I don't remember how my dad found out. You know, I don't know if I said something at home that was inappropriate or something like that. (laughs) Probably. Probably. And my dad said, I said, well, everybody at school cusses. Like, what's the big deal? And I remember my dad saying, and honey, everybody on the golf course cusses, but I choose not to. What That was a teachable moment. I mean, we're talking about, you know, years ago. And <laughs> but that's exactly what we're talking about it's right what here. Talking about exactly. That's it. My dad he took the time. He did. He used the moment and said, "Right, young lady, but that's a choice you make." In he life. didn't ignore it, Mm-mm. and he didn't shield me from it either because I was around those men. Yeah, every once in a while, and and I certainly was around a you know plethora of cussing in high school and college on godless campuses. And what know? about us? Is this something that we naturally did? What, cuss? No. <laughs> yes, every day. <laughs> is this something we naturally did as parents with our kids? No. Were we Were we more shielders? Oh, absolutely I was. And you, you know. know what? It was more about convenience. Well, there's some fear, but more about a little bit of convenience for me too. Because don't you remember the first time you had to deal with something like this? Like, it it stinks. You know, you have this kid. They're kind of in this little controlled environment that you control. And then... You go to the playground and you get in the car and the kid, you know, your child says something that he heard some kid on the playground saying, you're like, oh, I didn't want to have to deal with that. It's inconvenient. Well, get over that in a hurry. Yeah. And I I can remember, you know, every every episode, hopefully we're giving you a little bit more uh, background into our lives. You know, maybe some episode we'll just do our story. But, um, you know, not too many years ago, we were in an environment, in a church environment Mm -hmm. that was very whitewashed. It was very sterile. Yep. And very protective, but in this perfectly whitewashed environment mm-hmm. where we worshipped with our kids, where we we had uh, fellowship meals with our kids. Do you remember sitting down with our children at a church bench one time? <laughs> and carved into the church bench was the the granddaddy of all bad words. Oh well, I can remember that conversation with one of our kids who came to me. I think I've shared, shared this in another episode, and said, "Mommy, I know the f word." And he was like oh, seven yeah. years old, and. And he whispered it into my ear, and I said, well, "Where did you hear that?" And he said, "In the picnic on the picnic table yeah, at church, because it had been carved in there." Yeah. So, I mean, and what we're encouraging uh, is just to say, there you have to prepare your kids. Like the episode we just did on sex, you can't ignore it right. and throw your kids out as fresh meat in a world that's going to devour them. Yeah, and you know what? I get it. I know these kids are innocent and they're sweet, and and in, by innocent, I don't mean sinless. I mean, they're ignorant really is what they are. And you, and it's lovely and it's wonderful. And it's this childhood period that you want to prolong, but we are not living in that culture anymore. Maybe at this point you're like, all right, Fletch and Ken, you've pointed enough fingers. Mm, At us. No. Yeah. But you're, I'm pointing at you. Thank you. (laughs) 
you you have enough of these. Um, you've said enough. Yeah. But we came to listen to the kids. <laughs> we don't want to hear you guys talk. We want to hear the kids talk. So uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to stop our talking and we're going to just listen to a little bit of the what the homeschool graduates have to say as they tell us everything. Why don't we do a quick commercial and we'll be right back. Letch, I heard you got something in the mail yesterday. I did. I got a package. You know what was in it? Um, Skittles. Underwear. (laughs) I like Skittles better. (laughs) I like underwear better. Okay, all right. I don't know. I don't know. We, uh, we've talked about this before, but I want to give a shout out to my buddy Eric, who was a fraternity brother back in college. He started a new company called Jocks and Tees. And if you know how much I'm a big proponent of the Dollar Shave Club, I get razors sent to me every month. Right. Jocks and Tees does the exact same thing, only it's not razors, it's underwear and awesome. t-shirts. You know, I'm a typical guy. I don't think about buying underwear unless I happen to go down that aisle at Costco. And then it's like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'd like this underwear. This 47-pack? <laughs> so uh, so I just want to give a shout-out to jocksandtees.com. Let me tell you, you can you can go on. You can choose the brand, the style, everything you want. If, you, if you're a tighty-whitey guy, whatever. You know, you can wear <laughs> those. you're not? Well, I'm, I'm clearly not a tighty-whitey guy. Okay. I don't know what I'm... I'm a baggy plaid... Baggy platy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that probably sounds bad. BMI. But, um, you know, you can go on. You can pick your frequency how often you want to have underwear sent to you cool. and, and undershirts and, and so forth. Um, and let me tell you, I, I was probably one of their first orders and their customer service is fantastic. Yay. I cannot vouch for this company enough. I've really been pleased. I got my first order. I'm wearing them right now. This is a better podcast because I'm wearing jocks and tees. Did you tie-dye them yet? No. I think they're, <laughs> they're already fantastically colored. So go check it out, jocksandtees.com. All right, Kendra, you ready to bring on the graduates? Let's do it. You remember what we did? We chose four really cool kids we know, starting with our own son. Hayden Fletcher. His best friend. This is Nick Helgard. A young man we know from church. My name is Chris Turner. And then a young woman that we Skyped in to the studio from the Midwest. Taylor Neiman. Each of these kids came from a different family background. I come from a family of eight kids, so ten of us in total, and I'm the eldest of the eight. Um, I was homeschooled, firstborn of eight. Uh, they sound like they're from the same family. Yeah, okay, so except for Hayden and Nick, the other two came from different families. Okay, um, I'm from a family of four. I have five people in my family. Um, I have a younger brother and a younger sister. Each of these kids are at a different stage of life as well. After spending some time with YWAM, Nick went down south for college. Uh, I'm going to school down in San Diego at Point Loma Nazarene University. Currently, I'm studying broadcast journalism. Our son Hayden took a creative approach uh, by taking classes online, testing out of subjects, and in a short amount of time, will be graduating with his bachelor's in English. Doing my classes online, testing out of subjects through Thomas Edison State, and College Plus is coaching me through that. I write a blog, I go to school, and I work at a pizza place. Taylor, on the other hand, left Illinois and moved straight to Hollywood, California. 
right on like Vine Street in Hollywood. Um, it was called the American Music and Dramatic Academy. In talking with Chris, we found that at a year out of high school, he's at a crossroads right now. A lot of things are very up in the air for me right now. I'm looking for a job. I graduated high school last year, and I'm not really sure where I want to go to college. So he lives locally at home, saving some money, and he's going to junior college. Well, I've been going to MJC for three years, and this summer I'm taking um, three courses. Kenj, did you have a favorite question that we asked these four kids? Yeah, I really appreciated the question about whether they were culturally prepared or not. So being in a homeschool family, do you feel you were culturally prepared for where you are right now? Um, I don't feel I was exposed to that specifically through homeschooling. When I was younger, we did start doing sports with city leagues. And so I was around a lot of that, especially when I was doing high school or not high school, junior high football. You know, my favorite thing about interviewing Hayden for this podcast was just how straightforward he was with us, especially with this question about cultural preparation. No, no, not at all. Um, more than other homeschoolers that have been brought up along with me, I can think of several instances in which we were familiar with movies or whatever that other people were not. But in regards to relating to the rest of humanity, not at all. Now that I step outside of the homeschooled environment, my friends who were public schooled or more openly homeschooled even are far more aware of what's outside the house. Chris shared with us that he had really felt he was prepared for the cultural aspects of the world just because he came to faith later in life. Well, I feel like I did get a bit of kind of world culture through going to college and taking early college courses, but then also just, you know, living with my family um, prior to them becoming Christians. And that kind of gave me a taste. And a lot of my extensive family isn't Christian. So I've gotten a lot of secular and worldly influences that are pretty consistent throughout my family. And what about Taylor? Here's a young girl that's leaving the Midwest. She's leaving Illinois to move to Hollywood, California. Was she prepared for the cultural changes that she was going to see for uh, the worldliness she was going to experience? Art schools are extreme. They're as liberal as you can get. I saw as much as many things as I heard, you know, more than just cussing and sexual innuendos. You know, I saw stuff too. And I felt pretty prepared for it. But I grew up in a family where we were not sheltered because my parents held the idea that if you you know, paint over everything that could be upsetting or against your beliefs and you go out there and you don't even know what's out there and then you just don't know how to deal with it. So they were like, you know, if something happened, they didn't try and hide it. They would deal with it with us. You know, I really like how Taylor's mom would describe this to her. My mom would call it like the like ball of yarn. This point about the ball of yarn probably my favorite thing I heard during these interviews. You know, we were around people of different beliefs and values, and we, you know, saw things and heard things. And if we had a question about it, if we we're dealing with it, they would help us through the process. My mom would call it like the like ball of yarn, you know, like they were always on the other end to help us deal with it. One of the other questions we asked these homeschool graduates was the question, did you think being raised in a homeschooled family prepared you socially 
for life. And what we were doing here was we were really going after the question of socialization. Did they feel it was handled well in their homeschool environment? From the very first day of orientation, you know, I was talking to people and had friends and I didn't have any problems with my roomies. And yeah, so I felt prepared for that. Well, I was homeschooled pretty late in my schooling. I was homeschooled starting my sophomore year. So prior to that, I formed a lot of connections in school and through church. And it didn't really enable my, I mean, disable my ability to um, socialize with other people. It sort of, it sort of, uh, kick-started a desire in me to want to reach out to people more and become more social. Like Taylor and Chris, Nick believes that the activities he did in high school actually helped to improve his social skills. Probably the best thing for me was that when I started high school, uh, being homeschooled in high school, uh, my parents found the Speech and Debate League in the area, and that really helped me kind of develop my sense of communication and really helped me even socially. Uh, just kind of bring out that more social aspect of my life because I was around more people my age. I was talking to them. I had to interact with them. And I it wasn't just something I could hide from. I had responsibilities within that group. So that really kind of developed my social skills. And then even going on into college, uh, it was really apparent even to the other friends that I wasn't one of the stereotypical homeschoolers that they had in their minds. And this is one of the areas where Hayden has mixed opinions on the issue of socialization. Yes and no, mainly because of lack of experience. Outside of the house now, I'm realizing, oh, these are even social interactions, basic little things, dealing with friends, making new friends, blah, 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 um, talking to girls, whatever, is because of a lack of experience, um, there's a lot that's new. There's a lot that I'm newly learning. There's a lot of you know new ground that I'm having to feel out. Oh, this works. This doesn't work. This is how you relate to this type of person. This is how you relate to this type of person. This is how people relate to me. You know, we prided ourselves with exposing our children to different age groups and different people, but you can hear even from our own son that that he still felt like his peers were a sanitized group of homeschoolers. A lot of the people that I had dealt with throughout all of life, while I wasn't uh, unsocialized, they were very much like me in that their experiences and goals, aspirations whether it was church or school, were very similar to mine at the time. And so relating was easy. It was basically like talking to someone who had been in the same cookie-cutter mold that I had been in. I also found it really interesting about what these kids had to say on how well-prepared they were for the work environment. Uh, Do you feel that uh, being raised as a homeschool student prepared you well for work, Uh, the ability to um, show up on time, maintain a good work ethic, work hard, work independently? Yes. Yeah. In fact, I found that I had a little bit of an easier time working. I'd say that my work experience, I had several jobs in high school and that was what prepared me for my work environment experience. I treat work very professionally. My my upbringing in a homeschool family definitely prepared me with the skills to go into the workforce, uh, just the sense of responsibility, time management, how important those are. You know, one of the legends we hear about homeschooling students is that they have an advantage when they apply to college, or they have an advantage in the workplace. And it was really neat to hear Taylor talk about that during her interview. One comment that I always got from employers was really mature for your age. And they liked that because they could, they said they could count on me to accomplish things without having to check in. 
you know, they could leave me with a task and not, they knew it would get done and get done well. And if I had questions, they're like, you always come, you don't just make a decision. Kendra, are you finding these answers are helpful? I am. Now, at the last minute, we threw in one more question regarding preparation. It had to do with relationships. Uh, this kind of comes after talking to our own kids about relationships, about that episode we did last week on sex. And it's just that idea. Did you think that being raised in a homeschool environment adequately prepared you for the relationships, you know, romantic relationships right. that you were going to experience out in the real world? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. How yeah. yes. I, don't, I mean, I don't know where we go. I mean. Like romantic? Yeah. Um, let me think about that. I don't know. Like if you like someone, you like them. And if they like you back to it too, you know, that's cool. I don't know. So I feel like it just depends more on the person, but definitely homeschooling, I feel, didn't help me develop those, uh, that, that romantic side of my social interactions. Each of our graduates ultimately got to the same conclusion, which was that most of their peers struggle with romantic relationships, regardless of whether they were homeschooled or not. But I did really like what Hayden had to say about whether he was prepared for a romantic relationship. Uh, were any of us? Because I look at a lot of my friends, homeschooled or not, I mean, it doesn't matter what family type or schooling type you're coming from, and I think a lot of the people that I'm dealing with, I'm 21, and a lot of the people that I am hanging around with that are my own age or, you know, anywhere within a, a decade gap on either side of that have no idea how to deal with romantic relationships. I think a lot of us, uh, me and a lot of my friends, have gotten stuck in a, a sort of high school mentality of everything is laid out for you and you're going to be hanging out with these people every day of your life. And then immediately after you leave high school, whether it's homeschooled or not, it is a whole new world of, wow, I actually have to attempt to be friends with people and I actually have to attempt romantic relationships. And it's just the way that childhood goes. It doesn't really prepare you for how adulthood is. Childhood, everything is laid out for you and everything is easy and everything is there. But adulthood is so much different. <laughs> One of the questions that the graduates came up with themselves was offering us ideas where they feel they were unprepared. You know, we came with these questions, but I liked how they each offered some ideas of, well, here's where we felt we were unprepared. Mm -hmm. We had some errors with Hayden and Nick's interview, but each of them mentioned how homeschooling had been so spelled out and their parents had driven the educational process and they weren't quite prepared for the amount of freedom and individuality uh, that was going to be upon their shoulders when they got to college. On a similar note, Chris went from the busyness of Christian homeschooling in high school to really needing to rely upon God for the next step and being content. Maybe right now is the time where you just need to um, absorb some things and learn a little bit, and then you know God will take you onto His next uh, journey or endeavor for you. But right now, being kind of postgraduate and then sort of. Uh, pre-whatever, pre-career, whatever, college student, um, I sort of had to learn to be content with where I am. So we have two that left a very parent-directed, uh, planned-out homeschool curriculum to the freedom that college provides. Uh, Chris is learning to rely upon God and be content where he is. What about Taylor, who thought she was going to be a different person when she got to college? I think the one thing that really came as a shock to me is college is kind of like big kid high school. It's like you have this idea of what it's going to be. I guess when I went to college, I thought that 
there was going to be a new me and like the things that I struggled with in high school wouldn't follow me to college. I don't know what I thought it was going to be. But when I got there, I guess I thought like, oh, I would be different or I would feel different. But I was like, I'm still me with my me problems, you know. You know, Fletch, each of these graduates has a different perspective on things than we do. They're younger. They were the kids and not the parents. And I really appreciate that they each had something they really wanted to impart or share or encourage parents with. Yeah, I thought that was a cool part when they decided to turn the tables and talk directly to our audience. Yeah. So here's some advice they're giving to you, parents that have young kids, about what not to miss. I would say to love them. I think that's just very important because... I feel like a lot of parents kind of fall into legalism and then just um, kind of kind of cold shouldered sometimes. So I think expressing that you love your children and that you want the best for them and that you're willing to um, walk through them, whatever they go through, is very important. Because I know that having my parents with me, talking me through it and um, affirming me of my decisions or, you know, saying that's a really bad decision. You know, just having them by the, having them there the whole time has been very um, beneficial. Yeah, love your kids. Great advice from Chris. So simple. Reminds me of that episode we did a few weeks ago with the Jubes about rediscovering love in the house. And now let's listen to Nick as he talks about the harm of potentially over-sheltering kids. I feel like the kids will often learn by experience, and that's probably the best way for them to learn something. So as much as we try and shelter them from the things of this world, sometimes that same sheltering can create a negative reaction. So it's a very difficult line to walk of sheltering them and still not blinding them to the things of this world so that they're blindsided once they leave the community of homeschooling. But uh, if we can kind of figure out what that medium is, I feel it'll be a lot more helpful down the road for any homeschoolers once they graduate. What about those parents that swoop in and try and solve all of their kids' problems? You know the ones I'm talking about. We call them helicopter parents. Well, listen to what Taylor has to say about it. I would say don't handhold their way through life with them because, you know, whether they go to community college or they go, you know, 3,000 miles away, you're not always going to be there. And even if they do go to community college, they're going to be off on their own someday you know, not living in your home. And it's hard when you always have someone there to fix your every problem or, you know, to shield your eyes to things. You go out there and it's scary, you know, because you don't know what you're dealing with. And it's like you don't learn to drive a car by just, you know, throwing your 15-year-old in the car and just saying go and not being there, but you also don't teach them to drive while you're driving. You know, like no one just learns to drive by watching someone drive a car, but they don't learn to drive alone in the car either. Now we're going to wrap up the interviews here with these four homeschool graduates with a quote from Hayden. And if you'd go back to our episode list, look at our podcast on homeschooling, Harry Potter, and Halloween, and you will see where I discuss a character from the Harry Potter series called Dolores Umbridge. Now, I don't know, maybe the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, but Hayden just nails it as he encourages our listeners to let their children outside the walls of homeschooling and actually get some experience with the real world before they even leave your house. 
There's these walls that exist, and we're teaching you how to deal with everything outside the wall without ever actually letting you outside the wall to deal with it. And in my experience, once those walls come down, it's such a huge flood that it is impossible to deal with. You have had zero experience dealing with that in all reality. I mean, if you look at it in a battle scenario, a soldier is spending all of his life inside the castle before the war training and training and training, but he's not going to have any idea what the real war is like until he gets out into it. And if you don't ever allow him to experience that and then one day send him out against a legion of like 20,000 attackers, there's no way he's going to survive. There's no way that you can expect your child to deal with the world if you never let him experience it. If you never show him or her what the real world is like outside of your home. Well, that wraps the interviews. I want to thank Hayden and Nick and Chris and Taylor for graciously giving us their time and answering questions on the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. You know, one of our favorite parts to the show our listeners enjoy is this part. It's called Q&A with K&A. All right, Ken, you ready for some questions? I have two for you. You have two for me. Let's flip-flop. <laughs> okay. Here's the first one. This is All a college right. episode, right? Uh, okay. All right, so why don't you let the listeners know what was your favorite college class? Ooh, well, let's see. I was a vocal performance major, and my favorite class was probably lyric diction. I know right. you're just, I know. You're just mm-hmm. on pins and needles wanting to know the what that is. The listeners are wondering how we ever even got married at this point. <laughs> okay, this was a cool class. It was four semesters long, and it was the pronunciation of languages for singing. So I can, I can order off a French menu, an Italian menu, a German menu, and a Spanish menu. It sounds like I know exactly what I'm talking about, but really I don't know what I'm saying at all. But yeah, it so sounds you're perfect. awesome to travel with, but, exactly. then, but then you're horrible to travel with because taxi drivers... Think you think know I the know language. Where I'm going. And then next thing you know, we end up like 30 miles away from the hotel. We just say. All right, Fletch, this has nothing to do with college, but I want to know which celebrity you often get mistaken for. Well, yes. I don't know. I if know it, the answer to this. Go ahead. <laughs> it's a setup. Well, if you don't go to the website and actually check my photo, it's easy for me to say <laughs> that I'm often confused for Sting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which version of Sting? The short Italian version? Well, not Sting, the musician. <laughs> no, I'm I'm often confused for Shrek. No, you're not. Oh, no, I'm not? It's not even a celebrity. Oh, a I know the answer to this. I'm often confused. You do? Yes. George Costanza? <laughs> no. no, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Newman. What? Who? Hello. CeeLo? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. You like the white version. Well, maybe Kendra will put up a link. <laughs> All right. Back awesome. to you. College edition. Question again. What article of clothing from your college experience are you glad no longer exists? Oh, probably my acid wash jean jacket. You know what? That is a great answer. <laughs> I had to go. I am glad that one no longer exists. <laughs> we have like 100 pictures of you with that jacket on. <laughs> probably right. we do. All right, last question. If you could witness any event in the past, present, or future, what would it be? That's an easy one. My conception. Oh, gosh. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, boy, that's a good question. Well, you're kind of a history buff. I was thinking that. Yeah, we talked about this in the car last week, and I told you I struggled with this because no matter what I pick, I'm going to later say, oh, I'd rather be here. 
So I'm just going to randomly pick something. I would rather go to the past than go to the future. Because if I go to the future and I'm not there, that's going to bum me out. So let's go to the past. And I'm going to go right back to vacation earlier this year when we went to France. And we went to Versailles. <laughs> I was so impressed by Versailles. Yeah. I would love to go back to see King Louis and Marie Antoinette. And and what exactly were they thinking? Well, I would access? just like to see how did that place run? Yeah. How did they take a thousand orange trees out every day just to get sunshine? Yeah. You know, those are the kind of things. I just, a thousand servants. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see how that ran. Yeah. Um, that's what I would choose. Just randomly, I'd choose that. Well, that was a lively edition of Q&A with K&A. Hmm. Hey, Hurlers, we really hope this episode's been helpful to you. And we want to let you know what our next episode's about. Fletch, what's up next week? In honor of Father's Day next week, we have a great episode. It is called, What Every Homeschooling Dad Wishes His Wife Knew. Ooh, sounds like a good one. Here's what we're going to do for this episode, though. I would love to talk to homeschooling dads. If you would like to be interviewed for the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, just reach out to me on Facebook. How do they reach us on Facebook, Kenj? That's facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl. You can tweet to me at homeschoolirl. You can email us. That would be info at homeschoolingirl.com. So reach out to me. Let me know what your answer to that question is, what every homeschooling dad wishes his wife knew. I would love to interview for the podcast, and uh, we'll just have a great conversation. We will talk to you in two weeks. The Homeschooling IRL podcast is a part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more information on this podcast, to contact your hosts or to connect with Fletch and Kendra on social media, visit us on our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com.